Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. It's a nice live look out at the range at Harbortown. Round two of the RBC Heritage is underway, and overnight leader Cameron Young and his opening 863 on the course right now. He's just got things going. Teed off about 10 minutes ago. We're going to update you on the leaderboard throughout the show here on Golf Today. So welcome inside our Golf Channel studios. I'm George Savarikas. He's Damon Hack, and we're here with you for the next two hours on Golf Today. Damon, feel good Friday. Good yeah. vibes. And I want to say what I'm grateful for oh, this nice. week with the RBC Heritage and Harbortown Golf Links. It's rare on the PGA Tour we get a week where guys are forced to think their way mm. around the golf course. And with this old-school Pete Dye design, you get more old-school type of feel, old-school type of golf. Well said. You know, Shane Lowry has said that he's having to flight the ball lower, keep the ball below the wind, keep it below the trees as an open champ. It's what he does. Well, I love how old-school this feels. I love the fact that all styles of play – can win here. Uh, it doesn't have to be just bomb and gouge. You got to think your way. You got to go station to station, kind of like a National League baseball back in the day. Just move the runner over, baby. Well, and we've heard Kevin Kisner say, I mean, obviously they pay a lot for T20, but when, he's also <laughs> said there are seven or eight weeks a year I can gear up. This yeah. is a week for the little man to yeah. know, hey, I got just as good a shot as Dustin Johnson, if not better, yes. playing Harbortown compared to other weeks. And I like this leaderboard. All styles welcome. Very democratic leaderboard. I mean, you see reigning FedEx Cup champion there, Patrick Cantley, Sepp Straka can move it off the tee. Then you have a, a Jim Herman type who's yeah. a wily veteran, and he's in a tie for seven, three under so far in round number two. Sepp Straka living his best life, winner already this season. How about some notable, some names you know, Shane Lowry. Missed that little one at his last hole, but still shot five under Jordan Spieth. On the right side of the cut line, Justin Thomas as well, but not a lot of room to spare. No, not a, not a lot of breathing room yeah. at all or margin for error. Tyrrell Hatton, you wonder his thoughts on Augusta National yeah. will be different than his thoughts on Harbortown. Yeah, we'll get uh, into those comments a little bit later now. Someone not in the field this week, Bryson DeChambeau. It's been some starts and stops, some frustration, some pain, a miscut at the Farmers. These images really tell the story of his season so far. Not where he wanted to be. Sideline, dealing with pain. The scores haven't been good. And the results haven't been good either. No, it's been a, a lost season for Bryson DeChambeau. And it had so much positive momentum at the Ryder Cup, the Sunday singles performance, even the, the next week with the, the world long drive yeah. in, in the top ten. And we're like, oh, man, Bryson not only has won back the, the fans over, but it seems like his game was going to be ready for a huge breakout season on the PGA Tour. Hasn't been the case. I mean, his best finish, T25. Yeah, a lot of missed cuts for the 2020 U.S. Open champ. On Monday, the Masters, he admitted he didn't exactly follow doctor's orders did the doctors tell you not to come back they recommended that I don't come back um, for a while they said you know if, if you go out there and hit golf balls and you feel somewhat comfortable then you know you consider it and you know they're like you should really let it heal and even Chris has told me like you probably shouldn't play even though he wants me to play obviously right um, but he's he's really looking out for my best interest for the future but I'm like man this only comes around once a year, and I, I got to give this a go. That was then, mm. and this is now. On Thursday, Bryson DeChambeau he took to social media announcing that he underwent successful le left wrist surgery on his fractured hook of the hamate bone. And on Instagram, Bryson, with this message, over the past few months, by my team, Dr. Graham, and myself have been monitoring the fracture of the hamate bone in my left wrist. I made attempts to play through the injury at three recent events, including the Masters. This is typically an injury that requires surgical treatment. Uh, through continued discomfort from the fracture, it has caused me to alter my grip and swing, resulting in my inability to compete at golf's highest level. This has not been easy physically and mentally for me. For now, I'll be taking the appropriate time needed to rest and recover from this procedure and look forward to competing at the highest level within the next two months. Wow. So Bryson giving a... A timeline. Your thoughts on him trying to play through the injury and then what we subsequently see as the end result. You know, not everybody can be Tiger Woods, I guess. And this is a story. I had to do a little research. The hook of the handmaid is a part of the wrist. And this hand sports surgery institute in New York City said it's also called golfer's wrist. It comes from 
baseball players and also golfers occasionally, it's almost like a, a repetitive syndrome. You know, you're hitting the earth or you're hitting the ball repeatedly. And yeah, it can, the force. It, it, the force, it's the inflammation. So you have to yeah. wonder, are 200-mile-per-hour ball speeds sustainable over the long haul, or should you get back to the 175, 180, which is what he averaged in 2019 and was still one of the top players in the world. I mean, listen, the guy is trying to push the envelope. We know that. And he likes dabbling in the world long drive game. Is this a message to him that it's just not sustainable, that the body can't handle that load? Well, and I'd be curious if this is dependent on the ball speed yeah. or the reps that he's put in. And we see Bryson after a round staying at the range for three hours yeah, after playing. And his weeks yeah. off, he eats breathes and sleeps golf. Like, yeah. He is pounding balls. He is a range rat. I think what makes Bryson great is his ability to think outside the box and have the self-belief that he can push the envelope further than anyone has. Yeah. That's him playing single-length irons. That's yeah. him chasing ball speed to be the longest on the PGA Tour. But then that's also him thinking that I can defy doctor's orders, come back two months earlier, yeah. and compete at Augusta, and then miss the cut by a ton. Yeah. And now you worry that type of injury, not quite a death sentence, but that sticks with professional. That's ended many yeah. a career yeah. in the professional golf ranks. Our colleague Aaron Oberholzer had wrist injuries, yeah. and he could play a round or two at a high level, yeah. couldn't play four, and he couldn't practice on his off weeks, and that's why he had to retire at an early age. So that my bigger concern is just if the trajectory of Bryson's career, if he's dealing with these injuries now, yeah. it's not going to get better at old age. Well, hopefully these are conversations he's having with Chris Como, Mike Shy, members of his teams, most importantly, his doctors. And you have to wonder, can he go back? Mm -hmm. I mean, he was a, a, a whippy kid out of SMU. And I wonder if this bodybuilding exercise, yeah, it's for speed, but is there a psychological standpoint as well in trying to kind of build his body and be the baddest dude on the PGA Tour? Is it intimidating? I mean, Tiger I threw his weight around, and you know, we know the back and forth with Brooks Kepka that Bryson has had. I, I'm wondering, is, it, is this just about ball speed, or is there something else at work as well? Well, I, I think any athlete to compete, you have an ego. Everyone obviously sure, sure. has an ego, but I do think to push it to that level, part of it is not just optimizing in, in Bryson's mind his yeah. chances to win because he thinks if I miss the fairway but I'm closer to the hole, then it's an easier second shot, and overall the analytics would dictate that that's the best way for me to approach yeah. week in and week out. But I think what we hear him say to the media and his peers, like there's a certain sense of swagger and bravado in his mind that I'm the longest guy. I hit seven iron into the par five. What did you hit in? Yeah. And it's like what, what you hear in – junior golf or college golf where there's a obsession with distance and generally pros reach a point where they're comfortable in their own skin with their game and saying, okay, this is my game where I'm at. I'll have some tweaks, but I'm not trying to chase an extra 20 to 30 yards. Yeah. I think Bryson has some growing up to do. And I think that this is going to be one of those teachable moments for him. You know, you have to protect your confidence for sure, but you also have to protect your body. It's the only one that you have. So your I body's ha your asset. It is. It is. I mean, that's your moneymaker. Yeah. I mean, that, that's how he goes about his, his business. The, his daily bread is by, is by winning and being competitive on the PGA Tour. I just think that this was the concern early when he started to change his body and doing so in a rapid fashion. Can he thrive? Can he be successful putting on weight quickly? In the short term, the answer was yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, to do what he did at Wingfoot in the U.S. Amazing. Open was an absolute affirmative to that question. But that was a short-term, you know, situation. Now we're talking about when you reach your 30s, when you reach your 40s, does this linger? Can the rehab and the surgery get him back to where he can be making 25 starts a year on the PGA Tour? As a golf fan, love watching Bryson and what oh, he's, he's done. And when we're at PGA Tour yeah. events, there's a big disconnect between Twitter yes. and then the reception that he was receiving at events, especially at the Ryder Cup. I mean, he was like the Pied Piper. He yeah. leaves the driver up after driving oh, the first green on awesome. Sunday. But my concern is if he has lingering injury issues for the next year or two, are we then going to look back and be like, if he hadn't chased bulk and he was the skinny version of Bryson, who was top 10 in the world, yeah. and had four wins in a calendar year, 2018, Yeah, what would his career have become mm. down the road if he hadn't gone that route? Or is this just a temporary blip where he – actually follows doctor's orders, yeah. takes the proper time to recover, and then figures out, okay, how do I strengthen mm. my body to 
support that so I can maybe have this version of bulk or like a 90% version yeah. of swing speed going forward. I don't know that you can fully go back to 170s, yeah. but can you get Do like something somewhere change. in between? Yeah, I don't know. Love that you call him the Pied Piper. Hard to play the flute, though, when your hands are hurting. All right. After the break, we're catching up with John Fields. You speak from experience Men's coach. I play the cello, okay. but uh, I like the band guys. Yeah. I tell you what, this band of players in Texas getting it done on the West Coast. Dottie Scheffler got a green jacket. John Fields joins us next. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. D, I know we want to relive our college days. We're going back to school now yes. on golf today. Big day for the University of Texas men's golf team on Wednesday. Longhorns ended their regular season in style, picking up the one-shot victory over Pepperdine at the 75th annual Western Intercollegiate. Love it, getting it done on the college level, getting it done in the pro game as well. Men's major champs from Texas, Gentle Ben, Tom Kite, Mark Brooks, that 96 PGA. Justin Leonard won that 97 Open at True, and you got Jordan Spieth, three-time major champ. And How you good see? was that run in the early Scotty. to mid-90s? Oh, fantastic. I mean, they're still getting it done. Yeah. And still getting it done in the modern era. Scotty Scheffler on a run of four victories in six starts and yes winning that Masters tournament had to sleep on that lead was crying like a baby he said on Sunday morning and found a way to get through it and you look at I mean what Scotty Scheffler has been able to do in his career and remember when he was at Texas yeah Big 12 individual champion at Southern Hills and oh. he said Southern Hills probably his favorite course and that's where we're going for next month's PGA exactly right first team All-American as well that was college coach John Fields joins us on this Friday. Great to see you, Coach. Your team at PASA, by the way, overcame challenges from Pepperdine and Washington, some missed putts in the near dark late Tuesday. What are you most proud of in this win? Well, we, we had just won out in Augusta as well. We won on a Saturday and Sunday prior to the Masters. So if you play in that tournament, you also get to go to the first practice round of the Masters. So that was a lot of fun because we got to see Jordan and Scotty and and spend a little time with Scotty, which was outstanding, uh, especially coming off the three victories he had coming into the tournament. But there's a lot of synergy with our program right now, not just with Scotty Scheffler and Jordan and all of our tour players, but also on our team and winning there at Augusta and then and then validating that with another win on the West Coast at Pasa Tiempo in really difficult circumstances. Our team takes a lot of confidence and and uh, and enjoyment from winning out there. Yeah, I can imagine. It was a great watch in prime time here on Golf Channel. I mean, Pasa Tiempo is just such a classic layout. You said they take a lot of confidence from that victory at the Western Intercollegiate. How does that carry then into postseason play? Well, it's been pretty well documented that our team has dealt with some pretty difficult circumstances this spring. Uh, we had our entire team together in the fall. And uh, the last tournament we had in the fall, the Big 12 Match Play Championship, we, we won that. But coming into the spring, we had some pretty lofty goals. And then right after Thanksgiving, our two Cootie brothers simultaneously broke the radial tip of their right elbow and, and uh, both in the same place at the same moment and weren't able to compete. 
So they, they're just now back. Uh, we've got a lot of energy because of that. They are both exciting individuals that work really hard. And in the meantime, Cole Hammer, Travis Vick, and Mason Nome have really held on for our program while those two guys were absent. And they've grown as well as players, I think, because of it. So I'm not going to say it was a blessing in disguise because it was so painful to, to play tournaments without your guns loaded, so to speak. But um, that they've come back now with this kind of energy, Pearson Cootie winning right off the bat at Augusta and finishing second at Pasquiempo. Um, they've got fire in their belly. There's no question about it. And I don't think it's going to end. Has your team bonded because of the, the strife and the struggle to get past those injuries? Well, our team is unusual. Um, these kids grown up together. I mean, um, the the two Cootie brothers and Travis Vick, Mason Nome, and Cole Hammer, the last three I mentioned there, Cole, Travis, and Mason are from Houston, and the two Cootie brothers are from Dallas. They played junior golf together. They played high school golf against each other, and they, they played – they're playing college golf, and uh, Pearson and Cole played on the Walker Cup team together. They're, they're, they've been attached at the hip since they got here, and really before that. So this is a very meaningful moment for all of them, and um, it's, it's right in the middle of their heart. They, they want to they wanna go out with a bang. Coach Brentley Romine on College Central on Wednesday said Texas is playing like the number one team in the country. Your thoughts? Well, that makes me think about a tour player when, when they say, I feel like I'm in the top five in, in the world, and people scoff at that. But this team really is loaded. This team, if you look at it on paper, you would say that absolutely that's, that's exactly what these guys are. And so I'm, I'm thrilled, to be honest with you, to be coaching these guys right now. Whether we're the one, two, or three team in the nation really doesn't matter because in the end, we're going to play this conference championship against several really, really good programs. And that'll be at Whispering Pines in about 10 days. We'll be playing against the number one ranked Oklahoma, a number two ranked Oklahoma State. Texas Tech is in the top 10, and Kansas is in the top 25. Everybody's going to want to win that golf tournament. And so we'll need to play like the number one team in the country to win that golf tournament. And then when we go to regionals, we'll need to do it again. And then when we go to the national championship, we're going to need to do it again. So I feel that fire burning right now. I feel like we've, with these two victories, we got a little fuel for the fire. And now we just need to enjoy it and go get it. You got fuel. You got star power as well. One of your players, Cole Hammer, is partnering with Tom Brady in his new golf apparel line as part of the NCAA's name, image, likeness policy. How are you navigating this brave new world of college athletes being compensated in this way? Well, I, I feel like it's kind of cool, to be quite honest with you, because those things invigorate. You can imagine a Cole Hammer actually getting time to, to spend a couple of days with Tom Brady. And that guy's pretty smart. I'm talking about Cole Hammer. He's going to ask a lot of questions. So you could look at it as a distraction. I, I think that everything that has happened with the NIL, uh, bring, bringing sports agencies into the picture rather than them being on the periphery. Now I can talk with substance to an agent, uh, not about the business aspect, but just my player. Because that's another voice in their ear. And those guys, most of them, especially the ones that my guys have signed with already, those guys are experienced with talented players. And, and uh, it's, it's just such another little bucket of experience that you could tap into. And for me, it's just been a real positive and I, I equate those guys, once they get involved with our guys, they're just part of the team. So I guess Tom Brady's part of our team right now.
Coach, with the culture you've created, and I was talking with Bo Hostler, he stayed in Austin after he left UT for a bit. You just mentioned at the Masters, uh, Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth spoke with the team. Have any of those guys helped give an input to the current Longhorns on navigating NIL or what path to potentially take from a business standpoint? The answer is yes. Uh, Jordan's a wealth of information, and, and uh, Bo has tremendous experience and, and we get to see those guys and and Jordan absolutely is able to help our guys make quality decisions. And the interesting thing about that is years ago you couldn't you couldn't do that. You couldn't talk about those kind of things. Uh, you you might talk about the agency, but you couldn't talk about the deals. That was an NCAA violation. Now that's not an NCAA violation. Now you have another opportunity to grow as a player because you can sort these things out with with people that have already done it and uh, for us having Ben Crenshaw and Tom Kite Justin Leonard Mark Brooks and Jordan Spieth and now Scotty Scheffler six major champions that have won nine major championships um, I, I just think it's it's just another uh, wonderful aspect of the Texas golf program Speaking of Scotty, and you've been so good to me answering my endless text messages. Before we ever won on tour, you told me he had the it factor. Now he's won four of six, including the Masters. What did you see in Scotty at Texas, even when he was in high school, that told you he was special? Well, he's he's got something in common with Jordan, um, several things in common with Jordan. But the two things that stick out to me are when it comes to a world-class short game, from 100 yards in, those guys are a 10. And there's just not that many people around that have that kind of ability. So that's one. And then two, for whatever reason, and I don't know exactly why, I'm sure it has a lot to do with their parents. It has to do a lot with the high schools that they were at. It has to do with a lot with the people that they were around growing up. And in Scotty's case, it's Randy Smith. And in Jordan's case, it's, case, it's Cameron McCormick, both PGA professionals, both unlimited knowledge. And in Scotty's case, he's got a seasoned veteran there that has been through the fire. And so they have that in common. But what they really have in common is a belief system that says it's all right for me to win major championships. It's all right for me to play on the Ryder Cup. It's all right for me to believe that I can beat the number one player in the world when I'm playing on the Ryder Cup team. And so when you've got Jordan Spieth and Scotty Scheffler that that have the combination of the short game, and they have other skills. Scotty's long. He can move the ball both directions. Jordan can move the ball both directions. Um, they have other skills, but those are the two that stick out to me. In your conversations with Jordan and Scotty beginning of the week, could you tell it was going to be Scotty's week to slip on the green jacket, or what were those convos like? Well, having come off the the stretch that he had just done, winning at Waste Management, winning the Arnold Palmer um, or Bay Hill, and then also winning in Austin, and and having been the second time that he was in a row that he was in the finals of the World Match Play you knew that he obviously is playing great. And I know you could ask any player when they win a golf tournament, you just feel it's like you get a gift for maybe a, a week or two that you just feel like you can do almost anything. And so coming off those three and then having Ted Scott on the bag, having Randy Smith in his ear and having a wife like Meredith, man, what a great recipe to take into Augusta. And I will say that too, Jordan's in the same boat. He's got all those great people around him. Uh, he didn't play his best this time, but they'll figure it out. He's an athlete. He'll be back. He'll, he'll play great. And I like his chances. He's going to play in a lot more major championships. There'll be one, two or three more, I think. Well, coach, it's been fun following the journey of the golf team at Texas from the college level to the pro ranks as well. Congrats on the win out in California. Hook 'em horns. We'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Thank you both. Uh, hook 'em horns and <laughs> All right. Let's go Good luck get this postseason.
That's John Fields, head coach at the University of Texas. So from Longhorns to a Seminole, the Daniel Berger, four-time winner on the PGA Tour, getting ready for his lunchtime tea time. It's Friday. It's golf today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Your FedEx Cup champ, Bogey Free, 5 under 66 yesterday. One putt at 7 of his final 10. We've seen him do that before. Putter can be a weapon. For Patrick Cantlay, plus 3.4. Strokes gain T to green for that round. So our buddies at points bet got some updated odds. Cameron Young still kind of in the catbird seat. But you see Patrick Cantlay at plus 650. Not a surprise. No, I mean, given his pedigree, not a huge surprise. I kind of like where Joaquin Newman's at it. 8-1 mm. at the moment. Shane Lowry also uh, another guy is at 8-1. But I think Joaquin Newman's going to have... Uh, Good week. Yeah, I think you're right. Let's go out to the range and take a look at the player of the year on the PGA Tour, Patrick Cantlay. He was very quiet last week at Augusta to the surprise of many. We keep wondering when he's going to have that breakthrough major where he's in contention. The second nine at Augusta on Sunday, the back nine at a major or in the final group, and it hasn't happened. And I, I, I mean, I, I love his diligent approach and trusting the process and how that's carried him to where he is now but if you look at last season he wins the the FedEx Cup championship he had four wins his four wins came by one at Zozo playoff at Memorial that was the B flight because John Rahm right wasn't in the mix but right. obviously a wins a win sure a playoff at the BMW with the best putting week ever in PGA Tour history over Correct. Bryson and then he has that head start and wins the tour championship by one so he wasn't running away what from What are you games. saying? This is a fluke? He had a lot of things go right. Okay. Uh, he has a ton of game, but you, you're not always going to have the breaks fall in line for you. Yeah. And I think this season, it's kind of a regression to the mean in the sense that he's played some really good golf. But to win four times is really hard in the PGA Tour. Scotty Scheffler's made it look easy. Yeah. Um, I'd be curious. But three of those four wins came in the summer and through the playoffs. So it could be... Traditionally, Patrick Cantley plays well on the West Coast. Yes, he does. Has some lulls, and then the summer seems to pick up. So we'll see if he follows that same tact or if it's going to be a season where maybe he wins uh, one time. Yeah, he has slowed down, as you see these numbers, after that hot start, the four straight top tens now. He's got four straight starts outside the top 25, including a missed cut. I looked at some numbers, his strokes gained approach. Last year, 24th. This year, 146th. So he's not hitting his irons as well. His putting's actually improved from 30th last year to 21st this year. And you mentioned that week at Caves, which was 14.577 strokes gained putting, the best ever in the 17 years of the stat. So I mean, that strokes gained putting would win you most weeks on tour if you're yeah. 14 or 15 under, <laughs> let, let alone the final number that he had to put up. I mean, that was a shootout that week at Caves. Yeah, it's, it's fun to watch these players try to figure it out. I mean, we ask so much of them whether it's Justin Thomas trying to add a second major or Cantley trying to win a first. And, and Shane Lowry saying, hey, man, it is hard to win out yeah. here. He hasn't won since 2019 when he won that, that Open. So I do think that there is a subset of players 
they're all kind of, it's almost like crabs in a barrel. They're just, it's hard for them to separate themselves. We say it's hard for them to separate themselves. Yeah. But then you see Scotty Scheffler yeah. rip off four wins and six starts. And we've seen yeah. in the last five or six years, guys go on runs where they make it look easy. Yep. But in the totality of it, in a three, four, five-year cycle, aside from DJ, um, it's hard to ascend to number one and keep it for any yeah. period of time. Yeah, absolutely. Patrick Cantley gets his second round going, 1.07 p.m. Eastern time. Jordan Spieth also be part of that coverage you'll see later this afternoon, 1.18 p.m. Shot 69. You've seen that move before. Not a big fan. We'll get into that on the other side. Flashback to round one, Jordan Spieth on the 13th. We've been waiting for this club to heat up. We really have. It's been holding him back of late, but not here. 29 feet for birdie. Got the two on. I mean, he's on. His pace is better than anyone on the PGA. Team. Right? It's, it's Crenshaw-esque. I mean, his lag cutting is good, and the iron play actually, you know, is great at San Antonio. Yeah, looked great at Valero Texas Open in first round here. Has shown moments. I mean, on the season, his ball striking has been in a good place. Yeah. He's been the putter that's been holding him back. Yeah, hit the seven of his first eight fairways. First round, three under par on the par fours. Another example of strong iron play. As you watch him get ready for round number two on Hilton Head Island, he remains, I think, one of the most intriguing players in the game for his honesty, admitting that his. Pre-shot routine looks a little funky. He's trying to ingrain some different feels. And, you know, second and strokes gain approach in San Antonio, first and strokes gain tee to green, but he missed the cut at his favorite tournament of the year. It's like, how do you wrap your head around that? Where a place where he's defending champion, you hear those ball striking numbers, you think, okay, he's going to be in the final group yeah. on Sunday and then misses the cut. And I, I get the feels that he's trying to simulate here. Yeah. You wonder how long he'll use this device as a crutch to get him there or what Jordan has to see to then be comfortable to go to a normal rehearsal because he's mm. coming off a week where he had amazing ball striking, but he's still going through this process. So it's yeah. like how long is this process going to go on for? Yeah, I still think that the lessons of his previous slump will help him here in terms of the patience. I, and he even said it himself. When he won last year in San Antonio, he wasn't like, hey, guys, I'm back. He's like, I'm still in the throes of this process of finding comfort on the golf course and being back to where I want to be. So I never got the feeling from watching and listening to Jordan that he was somehow satisfied. Yeah, you got the nice pair of boots and the, the win in San Antonio. We know the state of Texas has been very good to him throughout his career. But I think that he felt that he still had work to do, and clearly he does. So you weren't riding shotgun on the speed that's back? No, uh, no. I mean, bandwagon. Gosh, the moments are so good, though. Phoenix, a year ago, where he carried us on that Saturday. I mean, he's shown such flashes of being the player that he was. How about this year on Saturday? Yeah, the si similar. I mean, he gets on these runs, and it looks like the Jordan of old, the Jordan that we all fell in love with in 14 and 15 and 16. But I just feel like. He's still in the process. As long as he can see the long view and knows that he's not where he wants to be, I don't believe that he is, if he can get back to addressing the putter. Because those short misses, I mean, those are becoming a little bit too regular. Yeah, those are worrisome for sure. But yeah. you, you say trust the process, long view. It's, I mentioned this yesterday. Come August, it'll be a five-year stretch with one win. So it's been a long, yeah. long road. Some, some peaks, more valleys. Uh, but we know when Jordan is in contention, he's, aside from Tiger, the most exciting yeah. player in professional. And yeah, you throw Phil Mickelson in there. But that's yeah. kind of the short list for pure excitement. Phil and Jordan, it's more, it could be a car crash. It could be the most incredible eagle yeah. uh, out of nowhere. So it, it's, it's just such a thrilling ride when he's on. He's a month away from trying to complete the career Grand Slam. I mean, no one even talks about that. <laughs> I mean, Ryan, I mean, am, I, am I crazy? I mean, PGA Championship, no, and here just, we go, and no one's talking about Jordan on the short list. I mean, that's, that's such a good point, and that, we could have gone another 20 minutes, and that thought wouldn't have even popped in my head. <laughs> right. that, that, that's it just, how soon it, it is. It just to, popped into mine. I, well, no, and, like, if, if his game keeps going, trending in that direction, yeah. and, he, and remember at Bethpage, he had no form at all in 2019, yeah. had a hot putter, finished T3. Yeah. So we know he's still capable of, 
of greatness. It just hasn't been sustained. Yeah, Southern Hills has some slippery greens. I mean, making the four-footer and the five-footer, the, the par save are going to be huge at that second major championship of 2022. Right now, it's all about day two for the three-time major champ. The T33 so far, playing with Dustin Thomas, Shane Lowry, an open champ, Jordan Spieth, an open champ as well. And some sad news to report. Jack Newton, who lost an open championship to Tom Watson in a playoff in 1975 and tied for second behind Seve Ballesteros at the 1980 Masters before his professional career ended in a near-fatal aircraft propeller accident, has died. He was 72 years old. Newton is survived by his wife, Jackie, and two children, Christy and Clint, and six grandchildren. Coming up on Hour 2 of Golf Today, spring cleaning time, out with the old, in with the new. Who needs a little reset? Just a little Control-Alt-Delete to kick off 2022. Some big names. We'll probably take that in a heartbeat. We're going to discuss that ahead in the show. And we've seen Emilia Miliacho competing inside the ropes. Then she grabbed a mic and joined our golf channel team. Now she's teeing it up once again in the Curtis Cup this June at Marion. Amelia will join the show. And while she's still playing as an amateur, Alexa Pano is uh, or Alexa Pano is making a jump and actually turning pro at just 17 years old. After finishing T12 at the Augusta National Women's Amateur, what went into her decision and when will we see her next? So many questions for Alexa, who's going to stop by golf today. Later. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. Another hour of golf today, Harbor Town. Pete Dye designed with an assist from Jack Nicholas. Intimate course, long, beautiful sunsets in the low country of South Carolina. Looking forward to round two. Coverage in just a little bit. I'm Damon Ackes, George Savarikas. I got goosebumps just talking about this place. I think it's the perfect, like Harry Higgs said, yeah. stop right after the Masters. Harry might be onto something. And you can see why so many players gravitate towards having this be a part of their schedule. I actually think two years ago when the PGA Tour returned after COVID, yeah. and this was in June, and some guys who wouldn't typically play RBC Heritage played that summer. And now we're seeing some big-name players who are now in the fold here at the RBC Heritage. They have five of the top ten in the world yeah. to hit up this week after a stressful week at Augusta National. Yeah, I always thought that this was uh, an event that should have a stronger feel. Like, why would not you want to, like, have a place to kind of downshift, decompress? Even Shane Lowry called it kind of a the vibe being a semi-vacation. And, and he's playing great golf. I think for the guys that were in the maw, in the mix, Last week, this is the perfect place to be. We're one of the great stories of the week. Morgan Hoffman, Oklahoma State star of yesteryears from dealing with muscular dystrophy. Three starts in his major medical and a story to tell that's really greater than golf. Yeah, the golf results, I don't want to diminish it. It's not like a, it's secondary. Morgan would, would love to try and regain his, his card on the PGA Tour. I think he has ambitions in life grander than just that of being a professional on the PGA Tour. This is Hoffman now on the fifth. Able to grind out the par there. That's his fifth hole of the day, actually. Yeah. The 14th, you see what he was able to do in round number two. That's a one over. 72. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be enough to get into the weekend, but I think that's really beside the point in the larger scale. He actually was surprised how well he played yesterday, and after a couple of days back inside the ropes, he met the media. Uh, today was windier, and, um, you know, I was, like, just on the brink of having a decent round, and, uh, you know, savored it as much as possible and you know made a poor decision on the last hole i knew i had a chance of at least making the cup but you know it happens i definitely wanted to prove to myself that i could do it again um i know that i can and just uh just need to sharpen up hey, what do you feel like you need to sharpen up the most after these two rounds 
My short game was pretty bad. I, I actually came into the week with my short game feeling solid. And um, I don't know, caught some weird lies and just didn't really hit my spots. Uh, putting hit a lot of lips out there, and my irons can improve a lot as well. Uh, beyond the golf, uh, what surprised you the most? What did you learn from this whole experience this week? What surprised me the most was, I mean, how pure this course was and just, like, how pure PGA Tour events are and um, how awesome the com camaraderie and welcoming was back. It was really special. And, um, yeah, I'm just, just happy to be back out. I mean, the PGA Tour is kind of a traveling circus. So many yeah. of these guys, it's your, your brethren. It's, you're competing against them, but it's familiar faces that you're around each and every week when you're teeing it up out on tour. So keep in mind, we're including this week with the RBC Heritage. So for Morgan Hoffman's return with this major medical, he had uh, three starts remaining, needs 238.42 FedEx Cup points in these three starts in total. So a two-way tie this week or better would have helped him secure full status. Those three starts uh, now down to two. Yeah. So it's an uphill climb for Morgan if he's going to regain full status on the PGA Tour. Yeah, just so the folks at home know what he's dealing with. He has muscular dystrophy. He lost some uh, muscular in his chest, his pec muscle in particular. He's yep. doing, gone to kind of saying goodbye to Western medicine, doing what he calls original medicine, moved to Costa Rica, one of the blue zones of the world, to try to find different ways to, to heal. And he said he has got some muscular uh, musculature back in his body. And I think that that's that was what a the story to... is. is a trip to, to, to Nepal and a trip to Costa Rica and yeah. now back uh, inside the ropes. It, for him to just once again be back on the PGA Tour is miraculous in a sense. And like to when, play well. Yeah. When, when he left the tour in, in 2019 and you hear the diagnosis with muscular dystrophy, you think yeah. career over. I mean, he was losing strength. He said his pec would basically disappear and you could see it was like down to the bone yeah. almost yeah. until he made that trip to Nepal. Yep. So it, it, the fact that he's at one over, like likely – Gonna miss the cut. Yeah. The, the journey for him to get back should be the headline in yeah. Morgan Hoffman's story. I mean, this is someone, you know, peers of of Justin Thomas and, mm -hmm. and Jordan Speed. I know they're happy to have him back. And he talked about the reception that he received and how, you know, how different uh, his view is now of the PJ Tour and how much he missed it. Like he, he said, it was, he was surprised by how much he missed it. Very different from the life of being, you know, driving through a dirt road to a to a home with. No doors or no windows, which is how he lived in Costa Rica. Well, in the beginning of the week, he was saying, I'm looking forward to my time with Chelsea, his wife, to unwind from life on the PGA Tour. Yeah. I don't think he fully realized, to your point, how much he was going to enjoy the camaraderie yeah. once again of being back out and competing. So I wonder if, in a sense, that will reinvigorate mm. uh, Morgan when it comes to professional golf and having that be a bucket in his life yeah. that he also wants to fulfill going forward. A lot of folks pulling for Morgan Hoffman. How can you not? I mean, what a great story. Yeah. Great story. Story of the week, without question, at the RBC. I also mentioned Justin Thomas, one of Morgan's peers. We're teeing off in just a little bit. This is... Some round one highlights for the I mean, 2017 PGA champ. When they were in college, similar time. Oh, yeah. Morgan was world number one as an amateur. Both like, young studs out there getting it done in the college ranks. 100%. I mean, it, Morgan was a name thrown out there during his time at Oklahoma State where you thought he was going to have a long and very successful PGA Tour career. No question about it. Justin Thompson walking in. Yeah, walk in putts though. like seeing that. That's yeah. when you know he's got it struck going. Had the fewest putts. At the Masters, that has been the club that's been giving him some problems. What up, uh, JT? Is that doing uh, like a Camilo Vajegas deal? Carl Spackler. Oh, okay, that works too. Is he looking for for gopher hunts for gophers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag golf. Gotta love that. Gotta love that. And he's gonna be on the range 118. So he's gotta hustle over there to the tee in just a little bit and. I just tell you, I, I watched Justin Thompson, and I hear him, and I saw him before the Masters, and I feel like he's carrying a little bit of weight on his shoulders, trying to figure out how to get back to being a regular winner on the PGA Tour and, and how frustrated he is that he hasn't won since the players and that he hasn't won a major since 2017. His comments after round one where he was saying, it was hard for me to focus, I put too much pressure on yeah. myself. 
it seems almost similar to what Rory McIlroy's dealt with in recent years, where he'd go into Augusta, career grand slam, it's all that conversation. He put too much pressure on himself, then he tried downplaying it. Yeah. Now it's just more acceptance. Let me play my best and and see what happens. And I think Justin's going through a, a similar um, kind of thought process mentally. It's like, okay, how, how do I key myself up? for a tournament in a healthy way that's not detrimental to, to what I'm trying to do. Yeah. You know, Jaime and I were talking earlier in the week about his relationship with Tiger Woods. And when you're, you know, Tiger's little brother and you're, you know, learning how the, the secret sauce is made, like the expectations, maybe that's part of the pressure as well. You know, John Rahm's upset that he can't get, you know, Tiger's information and get that uh, the speed dial love and, and and maybe JT's feeling like well maybe I'm I, I'm supposed to be winning more than I am I got I got Tiger in my corner well, I think Tiger I, I don't know that JT compares himself to what Tiger's oh it's impossible impossibility so I don't yeah. I I think if you're a professional golfer on the PGA Tour your expectations are going to be so much higher than anyone else that most of the pressure for the stars is internal yeah and especially for Justin he's already won a major he's already been. PGA Tour player, their FedEx Cup champion. Yeah. Like, he knows what he's capable of. That's what's frustrating, though. Exactly. Because it's been so long for him. Even last year, winning the Players' Championship, most people would well, say that, that is a fantastic year. He said, you know what, I got hot one week. He was very hard on himself when he assessed his 2021. Well, and that weekend was just so good, 64, 68. Yeah. The and shot I, making. I, what, the, the, shot, and the shot making that JT can do, there's maybe – three to five guys yeah. on tour who, yeah. who have that same type of horsepower when it comes to moving moving the ball like that and flighting it. and Like this Saturday at, at Sawgrass this year, it was a masterful round and, yeah. and difficult conditions. The putter, and similar to his pal Jordan Spieth, yeah. the putter's been the missing ingredient. Yeah. And that's when he was playing at his best. He was a above-average putter on the PGA Tour. Yeah. When he struggled, he's outside the top 100 in strokes gain, and that's why we get – erratic yeah. results out of JT. JT putted well at Augusta and just 23 putts in round one of the RBC. So maybe starting to turn the corner with his golf game and with that club. How about the RBC in this golf course? Harbortown Golf Links. You look at the driving distance rank of winners. Now we know JT can hit it to the moon, but look at this, this roster here. You've got kind of mid-length to Short hitters successful it's here. David's week on the PGA Tour. I <laughs> right. mean, only player in the top ten in driving distance. The oldest winner. How about that? Stuart Sink last year was T2. I love this list, though. You see Matt Kuchar, players champ. Pete Dye design there. Webb Simpson similarly. You know, he's a players champ. A U.S. Open champ. Control. These are players who can control there. Couple. Jim Furyk. How many other weeks is a player who was 75th out of 76 in driving <laughs> gonna distance going to win on the PGA Tour like yeah. Jim Furyk did in 2015? But yeah. that's the beauty of Harbortown. Yeah, I remember having the conversation with Kevin Kistner about places where he can win, and I was teasing him. I was saying, should I pick you for the match play in my one and done? And he says, D, in his, uh, in his accent, he said, listen, there are a few places. It's going to be match play in Austin. It's going to be Hilton Head this week or RSM. It's a short roster of golf courses that aren't like this anymore. I like seeing it. Players having to, as Shane Lowry said, flight your golf ball to keep it below the wind. Where you have some dog legs that, that turn at 260 and 270 as opposed to just hitting it 310, 320. Completely agree. And there's, what, eight weeks on tour? Yeah, per year? if that. And a lot of it, and I get what. If you're the PGA Tour and you have this network of TPC courses, yeah. then from a business standpoint and being able to control everything on site, like year round, it makes sense that their business model is to go to a lot of these TPC layouts. Sure. But that's when we lose the connection with a lot of courses like uh, Harbor Town that have more of a, a historical feel. So I, and I, I wish there was a way to, to blend the two so we could have more weeks like this in the PGA Tour. Yeah. I think a lot of pros would like that as well. Yeah, and I think, like you said earlier, about this uh, list of players in the top ten, you got five of them, and seeing the players, maybe even they appreciate a week like this where it kind of challenges a different skill set. It's like exercising different muscles. Yeah. That, that you don't get to flex and using different parts and not just like your, your golf brain, but your golf bag. Yeah, yeah. And so many weeks, and, and what's what Bryson, why he was chasing distance and optimizing, so mm. many weeks – Bomb and gouge, yeah. bomb and gouge. It pays, it pays off. Usually, <laughs> it, it can pay very well. On the PGA Tour. We love this week, intimate week. We're 
getting ready for day two coverage. The RBC Heritage cannot wait to see what the guys do today. Look at those blue skies. Temps in the low 70s. Not a cloud in the sky. Perfect day. Your fan just belly up and then head to the 19th. April 15th, it's National Rubber Eraser Day. Had this day circled for a while. By the way, it's also Jackie Robinson, Robinson Day. day. Yeah. Broke the color barrier Tax in baseball day. in 1947. But it's National, I guess, with Rubber Eraser Day. Anyone want to kind of erase their 2022? I mean, there's got to be some some people that come to mind. I, let, Where are you going? Let's let, you want me to go first? Yeah, let's uh, let you okay. bat lead off. It's got to be Phil. I mean, I was at Kiwa last year. I don't write as much as I used to. I was inspired to write Sunday night. For GolfJournal.com, after watching Phil Mickelson carry that Wanamaker as the oldest major champ, walking off into the sunset, I'm like, my goodness, this is, it's still his world. It, it's, you know, it's his oyster. He can do whatever he wants to do. And here we sit on April 15th, and he's nowhere to be found. Gone social media quiet. Uh, we don't know his whereabouts. Don't know, you know, the old commercial, what will Phil do next? Have no idea. That's where we are because of this flirtation uh, with Live Golf and a rival league. I was doing play-by-play uh, -play for feature groups. Yeah. We had Phil in the final group on Sunday at the PGA Championship. Yeah. So from start to finish, all 18 holes, all we did was focus on Phil Mickelson for the digital broadcast. Wow. And the scene, as it built on, was amazing. Like that, you would have thought, that's the final chapter in the yeah. Phil Mickelson story. And yep. what a beautiful send-off that would have been. Major six, um, PGA Tour victory 45, the oldest ever major champion. That would be his legacy compared yeah. to Tiger. To, so to, to fast forward 11 months, and we have no idea if he's going to defend and yeah. where we're going to see him again is, uh, yeah, it, it's just wild to even think. Uh, my end, um, injury-related, probably Bryson DeChambeau. Hmm. Such a big year um, that he was probably anticipating. We were expecting based on what we saw at the Ryder Cup, and now it looks like a lost year. I mean, to rush back from injuries when you yeah. have that type of swing speed, has the chase for distance been detrimental to the like future length of his career? When can he come back? What version of Bryson is he going to look like? Like, there's so many unknowns now, and we saw those those snapshots of greatness. Now we don't know what what the future is going to hold. I just, you know, some athletes, I guess they thrive in chaos and noise. And, and uh, you know, uh, uh, up and down type of lifestyle. And I just don't know how he does it. Because there were, there were moments in the past year where he had the game in the palm of his hands. A API, for example, you know, taking on the par five sixth hole. And, and, and the scenes that we saw, yeah, yeah pointing the, the, the double crowd, point. He was, he was the man. He was the greatest showman. And then he has the, the weird comments and blaming the clubs at, at the Open. But then he recovers from that seemingly at the Ryder Cup, as you mentioned, being in, in Kohler and driving the first green and making eagle. I'm like, man, Bryson is back. Like, Ryder Cup was Bryson's moment like the PGA was for Phil. Like, that yeah. was, like, yeah. aside from winning the U.S. Open, yes. that was the moment where the tide had turned for Bryson in yeah. a positive direction. Yeah. And the, the fan support was all on his side. And we're like, okay, that's that's the launching pad. And I thought that'd be it. No more turbulence. Yeah. He has the Brooks Bryson back and forth and all this stuff. So he's out for, I guess, a couple of months or so, give or take. Saying, yeah, like he thinks maybe less than two months. Yeah. But other experts are saying with his, his swing speed, it could be 10 to 12 weeks. Yeah. And you caution, okay, is he going to rush back again and defy doctor's orders a second time? Is he going to fully... Fool me once. I mean, come fully on. Fully let this heal. That, if you look at the timeline, that's... U.S. Open or after, so he's going to miss the PGA U.S. Open. We're getting to the latter half of the season, and he's going to be coming back from a wrist injury. Speaking of the PGA and the U.S. Open, Phil Mickelson, Philip Alfred Mickelson, uh, is he going to defend his title? Or is he going to try to complete the career slam at I think Brookline, the country club? I think he's going to be at the PGA. But you're you do you're a skeptic, right? It just seems it just it, it seems too soon. If he's at the PGA. Uh, something will have had to have happened in terms of a better apology. Something, I just, I don't think. I think, I think the U.S. Open would be would be a better place for him to come back. I mean, either place is going to have his challenges. If you're the defending champ, you're going to have your, I would think, your pre-championship press conference. When, I, I, when I have we had a healthy? Give him at some point. When were? Sorry to interject there, but when have we had a healthy major champion who didn't defend? Yeah. Yeah, I, can't, I mean, 
I can't think I, of the I modern game. Like, it is such a unique set of circumstances to think that if Phil is able-bodied, fully healthy... And I mean, think about how much he loves the Masters and he, and he wasn't there. Was he told not to go? There's... Did he just say, I'm, I'm, I'm out, I'm, <laughs> peace out, I'll see you later in the summer? I mean, you could kind of dance around it there and read between the lines but yeah. as far as why he disappeared from the PGA Tour yeah. when he did. But you would think, okay, if that's three months, yeah. then that timeline would have expired for the PGA Championship. One of the most visible athletes in our sport, commercially, inside the ropes, he's just this poof. No mention, yeah. no mention Masters Week. Yeah, remarkable. And the USGA has finalized the eight-player roster for the 2022 USA Curtis Cup team as four women were selected on Friday to join the four previously named players. 42nd Curtis Cup match will be held June 10th through 12th at Marion Golf Club just outside Philly. The players are Amory Avery, Mega Gane, Emilia Miliacho, and Latana Stone. Okay, I feel like we've really watched these players grow up in a lot of ways. Uh, neat to see them in their young careers. Amelia returning for the second time to the critical. It looks like a, a fun field trip. It looks like, you know, you're with your best mates and say, hey, let's go, uh, let's go win the Curtis Cup. Well, and you're getting to go to Marion. It's a yeah. historic layout. We've Fantastic. seen such big, high-profile events played there yeah. and now the Curtis Cup. Yeah, Justin Rose won a U.S. Open there. And Amelia joins us on this Friday. How would you describe your excitement, Amelia, going back to the Curtis Cup again? Oh, my gosh. Like, it's absolutely incredible. I mean, everything that I'm thinking about, not only just, like, being there with my teammates, who I'm really close friends with, but also I can't wait to see how many fans are going to be out there and how loud and thrilling it's going to be so that's like what I'm most looking forward to and of course playing Marion because like like you guys were saying it's just such a historic golf course and just really really special yeah so when you hear Marion what comes to mind for you I mean there's so many things like I feel like I'm a little bit younger so I haven't experienced just all of the just incredible things that Marion all the tournaments that Marion has hosted but just everything that my coach Daly, my initial coach my, as a freshman, she kept saying, like, Amelia, it's my favorite golf course. Like, she told me that the clubhouse is, like, right on the first tee. So it's almost like people are, like, right next to you when you're teeing off. So I'm just really cool, excited to see the layout and just see how everything will go. It's really true, Amelia. You'll hear forks and knives and glasses clinking, and then all of a sudden it goes quiet as you prepare to tee off. By the way, I find you one of the most interesting people in the sport, by the way. You're sharp with a wedge or a pen or a microphone. You're a published author, broadcaster. What are you working on now from a writing standpoint? I'm actually working on some cool features that will come out during the NCAA tournament right before then. So I won't say too much, but just like on different amateurs. And I really want to focus uh, focus on their identity outside of golf and how they kind of balance their identity with golf, stuff like that. But I'm also doing a lot of graduate research writing. So, you know, have to do some schoolwork writing as well. But I love it. I love telling stories. And through reporting, I've gotten to do that, too. So it's pretty incredible. Best of both worlds. I mean, you're multifaceted, both with a pen and with a mic in your hand. We hear our colleagues at Golf Channel talk about how their perception of the game changes when they turn to broadcasting and view it through that lens. Has anything changed for you from that experience now inside the ropes? Yeah, so much has changed. And it's been such a blessing to be able to see it from that perspective. I mean, I think you see just more golf in general and you realize that, okay, in order to play great golf, you don't need to hit perfect shots like every single time. And just really getting to observe how the best players manage the course I think has been just really cool for me to be able to watch and has helped me in my own game. So you're getting ready for the Curtis Cup in June at Marion. I think there are folks, men and women all over the country, getting ready for, for member guests or, or buddies trips. What part of the game are you working on mostly? Like how are you preparing for June? Yeah, I think the biggest thing to prepare for me, everyone's different, but I love to play at, on the golf course. So you know, if I don't hit a good shot, I'll drop another ball and hit it again. I think that's the the golf course is the best way where you can see where you need to improve and where your weaknesses are. And then you can go out on the practice range, 
do maybe 30 minutes of chipping or iron play, whatever is that specific thing you need to work on. But I love to practice on the course and play. So that's what I'm doing right now, playing with my mom. So just like really special that I get to do it with my family and, you know, get better along the way. Well, I know you're thinking it, but Damon and I are absolute jerks for <laughs> tearing you off the golf course to do this interview <laughs> when you're 10 holes in with your mom. What are the matches like when you're getting to play with family? Oh, uh, it's so much fun. It's funny, like, my mom just has the most interesting perspective on golf. I mean, she's so positive. Like, she could make a double and be like, okay. And then she hits it to a foot and makes birdie. And she's like, oh, great. Like, she just has, like, the most inspiring attitude, regardless of the score she does. But she's playing well. She's made, I think, two birdies and a couple bogeys in there. But, you know, it's always fun. It's not too competitive, not too intense. We're always rooting each other on. What was it like having her on the bag at the Augusta National Women's Amateur? I just, I remember those pictures. I remember the smile that both of you had. I mean, we've been able to share moments like that. That's a very, very small table in the world of people who could even experience something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's just so special. It's still, like, something I look back on, you know, all the time. We have the photos around in our house, like, different collages of things, and it was just so cool to do that with her because she's been my coach my whole life and has trained me my whole life. And to sort of experience the pinnacle of, of golf and a, of a golf course together, it almost, it just felt like the ultimate victory for both of us. So, I mean, it's just so cool. And yeah, it's just one of my favorite memories with her. So you're back in the fold on the Curtis Cup again. So playing high level amateur golf you've done some broadcasting reporting you're doing some writing how are you going to juggle all those going forward I just kind of go with the flow and see what where it takes me I mean I feel like in this industry you all know better than I do but you kind of just go with what people say and if people ask you to be on air you're like yep I'm ready um, but I just I manage it pretty well I mean I I feel like I have my priorities in check so I know what's most important and then kind of go down the line from there but we'll see I mean if they want me after a match in the Curtis Cup and put me on the course and do some reporting I'll be ready for it so tell you what Amelia in baseball they call him like a five tool player that's you you can do it all writing broadcasting and of course playing this great game congrats on making another Curtis Cup we hope to speak to you very very soon thank you so much thanks for having me on